uh, it's just a, it's a language, isn't it? Altars, altars open. And uh, some of you maybe don't go to the altar much. And, and let me encourage you, make your way down when, when service is going, worship is going, if there's a little opening, make your way down. There's just nothing like these altars where people pray and worship and shed tears, tears of joy. Amen. So get a little of that on you. Amen. Don't stay out. Amen. Don't be independent. Be a part of that kind of worship. He inhabits the praises of his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I I don't know what I'm going to do with this today. I do have a thought. I do have a title, a scripture, and we'll just kind of see what God does. Uh, I'll just confess to you, probably won't be a masterpiece, but I think it'll put some thoughts in your mind, and that's the purpose. That's the that's the whole point. Amen. The book of Joshua, chapter 14. It's a little, it's a kind of lengthy reading for our text, but I feel like I need to just read that. It tells the whole story. May not even come back to that, but it does, it does kind of set a, a thought pattern here, hopefully, for us. Joshua 14, and starting at verse number seven. Amen. You got it up here. Yep. Amen. Forty years old was I when Moses. The servant of the Lord sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever because thou hast wholly followed the Lord. Verse 10, and now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive as he said these 40 and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness and how, and now lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me as my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day, but thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephthah, Hebron, for an inheritance. Hallelujah. I'd like to preach to you today, if the Lord will anoint, a hill to die on. A hill to die on. Caleb was 85 years old at that point, but he never lost his dream. He never lost his vision, his hope. Amen. Let me tell you, this world will steal from you your your good vision. Amen. It will take away that dream that God once put in your heart. Amen. But somehow or other, Caleb, amen, he kept hold of that. He never let it go. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. A mountain to die on. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's just pray one more time. I might need a little bit of your help here. Amen. A little help of the Lord. God, Jesus' name, we pray for your direction. Amen. That you would anoint our lips, our tongue, our spirit, God, as we speak your word. In the name of Jesus, thank you for blessed, sweet people. Amen. Thank you for the prayer of faith today. God, we pray that needs be met, Lord. Hearts be touched, minds be changed. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the glory. Amen. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. There ought to be some preaching me, as much preaching as I've ever heard. Amen. Men of God, we've shook hands with, hugged necks this week. Amen. Crowds and crowds of Holy Ghost, one God, apostolic folks. Amen. But when I get in this pulpit, I'm still just a little bit nervous. Amen. That we would just want to make sure we do the right thing for you. Hallelujah. Amen. What a powerful, powerful passage of scripture here. This mountain that Caleb could not get out of his mind, out of his spirit for 45 years, eventually became his inheritance. 
45 years earlier, he and Joshua proclaimed to all the people, we are well able to possess this land. Amen. Let us go up at once and possess it. Hebron, if you look on the map, and it's amazing, I told somebody, amen, I said, you know, I used to, and once in a while I still do, I have my old books and my, you know, pulpit commentaries, and I just like to take them down and, and have to, I forget my Roman numerals, especially when they get way, way up there, and I'm like, well, I have to count all that up and see what chapter that is, and, but I used to have them set all around me, and still, but it's amazing how you can just pull out your phone now. I can have my Bible or just a notepad and just my phone. And I can just look up any scripture, any subject, and it just comes in really handy. That's what I did with this. Amen. Just very little material. Amen. But but Hebron is 3,040 feet above sea level, which makes it the highest point in all the country where these Israelites were conquering and resettling, all right? It had already been promised to them. They had doubted and feared because they said we look like grasshoppers 45 years earlier in the sight of these giants and the cities are walled. You know the story. When we get to looking around at, at our enemy and we look, start looking around at the cost and what it will take for us to do what we feel like God called us to do in the land that he promised us. If you're not careful, it'll just be totally out of reach for us. We are totally unqualified. You know a way to do that? You just confess just right off that we are unqualified. We are incapable. We're not, we're not able to do this. We can't pull it off on our own. It's gonna have to be the hand of God that helps us and that's how you do that just in case when you start sizing things up and this is where they were and they 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 walked away amen back into the wilderness and uh, they they missed out but Caleb and Joshua they held on to the dream hallelujah amen it was the it was the strategic importance of the hill that interested Caleb. It was the location. It was the spot. It was the place. Have you ever just looked at some place? You know, you had to had to get some elevation, and you could look down on it. We do this in airplanes, or I do, and I just send God's angels to different places. I see lights coming in the other night. It, it, the sun had set, and it was it was it was getting dark already, and the lights in various places. And 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 I did it the other night. I saw a city. I didn't know which one it was coming across is only about an hour flight across there uh, from Indianapolis and, and I saw all of that and I said God I don't know where that is but hallelujah they need a revival they need a they need a, a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost they need the truth in that place and so God just help those people there that's good people in that place well, well, well maybe maybe that was the whole thing uh, with Caleb. This place has some elevation. In fact, it's the highest place in this area around here. Maybe he was aware that Abraham's name was changed to Abraham right there in Hebron, right in that little area there. There the angels had visited the old patriarch telling him that Isaac would be born. God spoke to him right there. Maybe that was some kind of uh, drawing point, amen, thing that caused him to be interested, amen. There the angels had visited the old patriarch, amen, amen. And the Hebrew patriarchs were buried in that very place there. Above all, amen, it was high ground and that had to be taken and held at all costs. You know anything about the military, they could tell you about the high ground, amen. It was vital to the overall conquest of the land of Israel. You gotta take the high ground, amen. You can be a nobody, but you gotta get up that hill if you expect to conquer anything or any area around there. This was a piece of ground, amen, that justified personal sacrifice. We need, somebody needs to hear me right here. I said it today. I said our world wants Jesus, but they don't want his cross. There's certain ways that slick people, amen, with 
tongues as smooth as oil. It was prophesied that that would happen, especially in the last days. Amen. But tell people how easy it is. And it is easy. Amen. But you don't have to do a sacrifice. You don't have to give up. Listen, you talk about any kind of a standard or any kind of work, people will turn you off because we're a people. It's our very nature. We want something for nothing. That's why churches grow. Amen. That preach the message of God plus nothing. Amen. Or, or what's the, what's the, I, I, I use it pretty regular. Grace plus nothing equals salvation, which, ladies and gentlemen, is called false doctrine. But our flesh loves that. And so we would rather take that than the truth of God. Hallelujah. There is a cross that goes along with it. And a cross represents suffering and it represents death and it represents surrender and it represents things like like giving up. But we don't want to do that. We want to hold on to what we want to hold on to. We want to keep doing what we want to do. Amen. And But not only we do it, we justify it. That's why I would rather have a sinner, amen, walk in here than somebody that's already been preached false doctrine. Hallelujah. We better get to high ground here. Hallelujah. Amen. It was worth any price one would have to pay. Caleb considered this a hill to die on. I want to preach to us about it. If you get it for nothing, most of the time it's not worth anything. Hallelujah. One of the bloodiest battles, if you want to just use some principles here, let's do it. One of the bloodiest battles of World War II was fought on a little South Pacific island called Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima was a stepping stone, if you will, for our military forces to reach the mainland of Japan with our big bombers. They had to get that first. What made this almost impossible was a high hill, amen, on one end of the island called Mount Sarbachi. It was an inactive volcano. The Japanese were so dug in all over that rocky fortress. They were in caves, they were in tunnels, and no amount of artillery, amen, from our ships could dislodge them. It would have to be taken by hand-to-hand combat. They had to get to it first and then they had to climb that rocky mountainside to get up where they were dug in. Amen. Amen. Men on both sides would die. Now that's what stops us. Now we get to the point, listen, I'd like to shout all the time. I'd like to just run these aisles and just praise God about his mercy and his love and his goodness and that should be. But when we start talking about digging in or climbing up, and getting to that high ground, we lose a lot of folks. But here's the place we have to get in. When Jesus, and I'm gonna jump around a little bit if you don't mind, but when those, when Jesus was raising the dead and, and when he was, he was feeding the 5,000 and, and turning water into all of these miracles he was doing, he gathered a good crowd. That's as far as some people get. I'm gonna preach to us here just a little bit today. Amen. I hope you open your heart up. Oh, we love all of that. And oh my goodness, it draws a crowd. But Jesus being who he was, one day with all of those people following him, he turned around on them, amen. He will get straight with you, folks. I always, I always say, listen, God's word will confront us. Oh, we wanna just flow and we just want everything to be, it's not gonna be that way. Listen, if you become a Christian, if you become saved, amen, you will be severely tried and tested. Get ready for it. Amen, because it's gonna happen. Jesus turned around on those folks and he said, if you're gonna be my disciple, here's what you gotta do. You gotta deny yourself. Oh, that stops it right there. Deny myself. I like, it's what I believe. This is what I want. This is what I like. It's what I don't like. This is what I, well, you can just go ahead and do that. You're allowed to do that. This is not a cult. You have to make a choice. If you be, if you're gonna be my disciple, you have to deny yourself and take up the cross and follow me. Here's my point right here. It happens today, amen. They turned away, many, many, in fact, most of them left him. You talk about a church split. They walked away. Now here's where you have to get, Brother Jerry, and you're already there. He didn't, he wasn't done yet. He looked at his church board, (laughs) He looked at Peter and James and John and all those people that were right there with him. 
people he had handpicked. He wasn't done yet with his sermon. He said, will you go also? Here's where you have to get. Here's where you have to, you have to understand it. Listen, listen, there's nice churches around. There's people that'll treat you nice, people that'll take your money. They'll pet you, stroke you. They'll kiss your kids and grandkids. People know how to do it. There's places to go, folks. There's churches, nice places. Starbucks in the foyer. I mean, that'd be nice. I'd like to have a cup right now. Everything convenient. Amen. But here's what one of the disciples, Peter, I believe it was, he said, where would we go? You, listen, you have to get a hold of this and let this get a hold of you that you have no more options. I, there's no place I can go. There's nobody preaching Jesus' name, one God, apostolic. There's nobody around here that I know of, amen, that, re, that baptizes their converts in the name of, it doesn't matter to some people, amen. Somebody said you're judging. No, I'm judging me, all right? Hallelujah, use it right there. Hallelujah. Because when I keep reading in the Bible, amen, where it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and him only shalt thou serve. Listen. Th throughout the scripture, throughout the scripture, the way you could tell the heathen from God's chosen people, when it referred to the heathen, or the heathens, when we're talking about heathen, we're talking about, about people who didn't know God. They already refer, referred to them as the gods, plural. But when you're referring, amen, to Jehovah, amen, this Old Testament God that became Jesus Christ, in the, amen, God in the flesh, amen, it was always in the singular, amen, it was singular, amen. And you go through Isaiah, amen, I did this, I created all this all by myself. It's not important to some folks. Let some folks walk out of here and if somebody's nice to them, that's where they'll be. Oh, he's a wonderful guy. Well, what about this? This is what makes the difference to us. Is he telling the truth and the whole, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? That, that's gonna be the line right there for me. That's how I check out new revival. Bibles and all these different versions of the Bible. You know, I still do it. I've done it for years. It's a new Bible comes out. I turn straight to the book of Acts. I go to the second chapter. Listen, the second chapter of Acts is the purest form of the message of the gospel in the New Testament. It's like the, it's like the Ten Commandments is the purest form of the law in the Old Testament. A lot of stuff built around it to, to say, amen, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not bear fit, false witness and all those other things, amen. But when you get in the New Testament, you wanna know how to be saved, all this except the Lord, believe the Lord, amen. All the pure, if you wanna know the purest form of that, it's Acts chapter, chapter two and verse 38. Amen. They ask a direct question and and Peter, the man with the keys, gave the direct answer. No, it's not accept the Lord as your personal savior. No, it's not take the right hand to fellowship. None of that, amen. It's not even believe on the Lord Jesus, even though you do that, all right. It's repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of that. That's the message. And if that brand new Bible that brand new, nice looking Bible, Brother Johnson, if it don't say that in there and mean just that, I close it back up and put it back on the shelf, never to pick it up. I don't need false doctrine. Even if it does have a fancy leather cover. That, that, that's what makes the difference. Folks, that's the hill to die on. You better put your feet down, amen, on solid ground and fight the good fight of faith Hallelujah. That is what Paul said just before he died. He said, I fought a good fight. Notice he didn't say I played a good game. It's a battle, folks. It's a war that we're in. We need to understand that. Amen, I'm not playing patty cake with Jesus. I'm not, I'm not just messing around here. Amen, the trumpet's gonna sound. The dead in Christ are gonna rise first. Those which remain in their lives shall be caught up in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's what we're talking about here. Hallelujah, I wanna get out of this place if I can stay close to God. Hallelujah. But when they fought on that island and had to take it, it was Jima, men on both sides would die. The brass said the hill had to be taken but at an enormous price. They knew it was gonna cost them. 
And we're going into this thing. Amen. We know it's not going to be easy. Sure, there's some potholes and, you know, bumps in the road and some, some, you know, hard places. But we know that. But, you know, let's not be a wimp here. This thing is truth. This word of God is forever settled in heaven. It's worth the fight. It's worth the price. When old glory was finally raised on the top of that mountain, over 6,000 Marines and other military personnel had paid with their lives, while another 17,200 were wounded. But that hill had to be taken. It had value to it. It was important. The Japanese thought so too. They took losses of nearly 20,000 to them and to us. It was a hill to die on. You think the enemy wants to give up this mountain? You think he wants some apostolic Pentecostals, Brother Bobby, Sister Connie, that preaches this truth and won't move from this truth? You think he wants us to be let loose in this countryside? Amen, where people just accept the Lord and they're nice people? That's why we're here for them. We're not here to fight with them and fuss with them. We're here to win them over. I can't wait, amen, till the wave of revelation comes through this part of the country and we get to put our hands on them and put them under the water in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's the only way you can have sins remitted. Maybe it's okay with you that you just if you have fellowship with people like that, I don't know, we do, amen. And you get this much of, an oppor- much of an opportunity, you have to let them know, amen, the difference. You can't be ugly, amen. The requirement is you have to have a good spirit and you have to be sweet. You can't, you can't beat people up with the truth and expect them to do anything for the kingdom, amen. But, but it should be, become a challenge for us. These people are good people. And they've been sold a bill of goods that's no good. It's not going to get them off the ground. But they're deceived. And the Bible tells, tells, us, or tells us that there's going to be a spirit of deception. Always been, but even more so in these last days. People deceived. Amen. Listen, this thing's got to come from our head. You can understand, it's pretty clear. Amen. It's got words throughout to explain everything from baptism to the one God to you name it. Living right, separation. For the, it's all in there. It's not hidden. But it's got to go, when you do get it, it's got to go from here up in our head. I don't care how smart you are. Amen. The carnal mind, the Bible said, is enmity with God. What that means, it's opposed to it. I said the carnal, when's the last time you prayed through? When's the last time you stayed on your face before the Lord and said, God, I need your guidance. I need your help. Amen. And again, don't care how smart you are. You need that spirit to move it out of your head and get it down in your heart. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we have no place to go. Well, that's just churches everywhere. That's what somebody told me. My, my kids were small. We were young back in those days. All I think I knew how to do to start a church was just get me a handful of tracks and get my Bible and go up and down Reisterstown Road and all down in Pittston Circle and all those places. Somebody told me later, oh, that's a bad area down there. I said, hey, you know, hey, I'm young. I can run fast, you know. <laughs> they get after me, and if they catch me, I can hit back, you know, back in those days. Hallelujah. But it didn't bother me at all. Amen, just go knock on doors. I had people tell me, you know, I said, what are you here for? I'm, I'm here to start a church. We've had, I had people more than once tell me, we got enough churches in this, in this city. Really, you got one more. <laughs> they didn't know it, but they were encouraging me. Got enough churches. Well, they are, there's churches up in there. But, but, but listen, if I want to go to the, you know, Kiwanis Club, you know, I can do that. But if I want to go to church, I gotta find me a one guy. Listen, you know what's amazing, Brother Green? It doesn't matter to some people. I say this all the time. If people are nice, you know, oh, that's, ooh, they go. You ever consider that they're not gonna be saved unless they've been born again of water? That's what Jesus said. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, unless the man is born again of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What does that mean? He can't. Is that hard language to understand? All you have to do now is just figure out what the born again experience really means. What, what does that consist of? When you accept Christ, does that do it? No, no, I'm not. that's not what the pattern was in the scripture. That's not what happened on the day of Pentecost the first time it was poured out. 
That's, what, that's not what happened in the book of uh, Acts, the eighth chapter. Listen, when the healings were taking place, demons were being cast out, all kind of things. But the Bible said, and they were even baptized in the name of the Lord. But the Bible said they heard about it in Jerusalem over there. There's a little ways over there to Samaria. And they said they sent for Peter and John and they came over. And the Bible said when Peter and John laid hands on him, they received the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Nobody does that nowadays. When you accept Christ, that's the Holy Ghost to them. That's not the Holy Ghost. That's, I'm telling you the difference. We talked about it today in the class here. Amen. And uh, we better get that. And that is a hill to die on. Oh, you're going to be in a minority. It all, God's church always has been in. Hallelujah. General Douglas MacArthur's last speech at West Point. Let me continue with this right here. It ended with these words to the graduating cadets. The long gray line has never failed us. Were you to do so, a million ghosts in olive drab, in brown khaki, in blue and gray, would rise from their white crosses, thundering those magic words, duty, honor, country. He was suggesting that there would be other hills where supreme sacrifices would be made. There has to be something that means more than one's own life. That if you want to be successful, this is what it has to be. Oh, we want it just, we want to just flow into it. We want it just to happen for us. Because again, amen, we believe in easy believism. That's what I call it. Amen. Listen, if there's no sacrifice, there is no dedication. Amen. If it's easy come, it'll probably be easy go. Hallelujah. Amen. Let, let, let's bring this a little closer to home and understand that there are some hills in our Christian life that we must be ready to die on. I'm, I'm talking, I feel like directly to some people in this place that, that if this thing works out all right and I keep treating you nice and I'm nice to you, then you'll just, but, but if, if, if I'm not nice to you and show you some certain, then you'll just go somewhere. I'm telling you, I'm reaching for you right now. You're gonna have to get to the point in God where you remove those options that I have no place to go. This is where God brought me. This is where God planted me. Hell itself. It's not gonna shake me loose from this place. I'm gonna make a difference in this place. I've become a pillar in this place. Listen, there's people always looking for the will of the Lord, always. Oh yeah, you, you, if you keep looking, listen, there'll be a door open for you. If, if you wanna go, we'll just help pray for a place to you to go. Otherwise, you just say, this is where God brought me. And when God gets ready for me to go, he'll do something. Amen, we know a guy that wanted to move so bad Amen. He saw a U-Haul truck go by. Going, he wanted to go south. And he went home and told me, why, honey, I saw a U-Haul truck go by. It was going south. That's a sign. Listen, you can find a sign everywhere if that's what you want to do. If you want to get out of Dodge, amen, it'd be best for you to just go ahead and head out now. Start packing up. But you need to settle. Amen. This is where God, listen, listen, there's doors to be kicked open. Hallelujah. By you. If you're just sitting around waiting on God to do something, you might be waiting a long time. Or let's just have a revival. Let's just have a, let's just claim this mountain. Let's climb this thing and be willing to die on it. Hallelujah. Praise God. I have, to, I have to bring out something here. This is a pastor part that comes out of me. Amen. I just feel like I have to do it. This could, this could be a conference message of some sort, but this is not a conference. Listen, at the same time, we're willing to die and we're willing to give our blood and our life itself. Too many have died needlessly. I know I'm swapping around here a little bit. They've died on fields of battle where there was no need for a battle. I tell the story, it's just, it's just I, I pastored people, I could call their names, I see some of them's face right now, good people, but just strong in what they believed and they would have a head-on collision with you. It wouldn't matter if you were the pastor, it didn't make no difference. I never could do that, <coughs> but some people can. But, but years of doing this kind of thing, I, I learned how to just not have a head-on collision with everybody over everything. You just weigh out what the issue is. You try to mix a little wisdom in with it, Brother Johnson. And you're like, you see it coming. 
And here's what you say. You know, is this worth having a head-on collision over? Is this a heaven or hell issue? Is this gonna make a whole lot of difference in our church and in our service? And most of the time, there are some things that are not. And so you know what? I'm not afraid to have a head-on. You know, normally... You know, I got here before anybody else. The only one that can stand up to me is my wife because she came with me and brought her. I'm pretty much going to win if we have a head-on collision. That's not the issue, okay? The issue is, you know, is it going to really help anything or anybody? And so I see it coming, and I'm not afraid of clashes. I don't like them. I don't like confrontations, amen, but I can do it. But, but you see it coming and you just decide, you know what, this is not worth it. And so you know what, you just sidestep it. Whew. Boy, that was close. Whew. They were going 100 miles an hour. They wasn't gonna let up either. Hallelujah. You have to just decide. You have to think it over. But, but there are folks who die for things. Amen. They battle over things that they don't need to die over. We have to decide what is and what is not expedient. Wisdom and experience needs to flow together when we're confronted by these choices. Let me just make it even clearer here. I'm not going to fight with you over Easter bunnies. Whether or not you put up a Christmas tree in your house or if we tell our kids that there's a Santa Claus or not. I see that. It comes up every once in a while. Listen, you think I hadn't read those scriptures about going out in, the, in Jeremiah, they went out in the forest and cut a tree and decked it with silver. Oh, that's of the devil. I understand that. I understand all of that. Is that an issue that we ought to bring up and deal with and fight over and fuss over? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just not willing to do that. I'll sit down and talk with you and discuss all of that, but this is another one of those little sidetracks we can get off on. The, the, the identifying mark of some people is what they don't believe in and what they are against. And the list can go on and on and on. I'm not kind of like Brother Nugent at that time. He said, some of y'all need to quit telling your kids there's not a Santa Claus. He said, I'm getting tired of that. He said, I went down to the mall and I saw him. <laughs> so quit telling, quit lying to your kids. I know that some of y'all, I know some of you know, we, some of the, oh, we shouldn't be lying. Listen, listen, I'm not making fun. If that's your, if that's your, fine, you can do that. You can, you can, you know, Chad figured it out when he was a little bitty fella. He said, I mean, he, he, he read the, the dictionary and encyclopedias. That's what he read when he was a kid. I'm like, good Lord, give him an encyclopedia, man. He'll just read the whole thing. And so he began to reason. I mean, like three or four, maybe four. And he told me there wasn't, wasn't a Santa Claus. I said, well, tell me about it. He said, well, first off, reindeers can't fly. He read that in there somewhere. And I said, oh, okay. He said, and he's too fat to get down the chimney. And even if he did, he'd get all burned up. I said, he had it all figured out. You know what, folks? Your kids are going to figure that out on their own without you making a big issue out of it. They'll figure it out. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not willing to die on that hill. I'm going to stick with things that will change. Listen, I want to give you liberty to get convictions of your own. I'm not against you preaching, teaching. Amen. Hallelujah about whether, listen, it's been, it's come up for years uh, off and on. Well, we have a Halloween fall fest here. We don't, we just leave the Halloween part. Oh, because that's a demon, you know, demonic, ugly, you know, holiday that we shouldn't be. And I'm agreeing with you on that. That's the whole reason we started the, the picnic and the, and the bonfire and to keep our kids off of the street and to bring them here. And then we have people turn it right around and say, man, y'all are, man, we can't go to that. I said, well, listen, don't go if you don't want to. If you don't want to come, that's fine. But, but you can't be preaching it all around the church. Remember, I'm the pastor here. You can't be telling everybody what you're influencing people away from. We want people to come. 
It's another way that we reach out to people. Let me tell you something. This community, they believe in Halloween. They believe in Christmas trees and Santa Claus and, and all the rest of the, you know, stuff that's been, you know, lied, they've been lied to about, you know. So, so I don't think we should hit them there. I think we should pray them through to the baptism of the Spirit. I think we ought to preach baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. I think we ought to just leave all that alone. Let the Spirit of the Lord help us take care of some of that. Hallelujah. We can just preach it. Amen. And we can have our dirty dozen here. Amen. All by ourselves. You clean the, the, the crowd down. You can trim them right down. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in getting people in here. I'm interested in letting the Holy, I'm ready to die on that hill, amen, of baptism in Jesus' name. I'm ready to die on that hill about holy living and separation from the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, I'll fight you over a person's need to repent of their sins. There's too much Bible in there for that. Praise God. I will stand firm on this hill of water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, it's for the remission of sins. That's worth fighting over. That's worth getting up that hill, planting our flag, amen. I will die, amen, on this hill of the need for everyone to be filled or baptized in the spirit. That's a hill to die on. Second Peter 1 and 3, amen. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. We as Christians must be convinced as Peter was that he has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Everybody say all scripture. Oh, that means I can't pick and choose. That means I can't just have my, oh, I love that scripture. Well, good, you just can't go through that, amen, picking what you like and discarding what you don't like. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Our conviction should include Paul's declaration that all scripture is given, amen. In other words, one translation said it's God breathed and it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, instruction in righteousness. The word is absolute in a world of relativism. That's what you're dealing with right here. And when we see the word is absolute and complete, there isn't room, there is no room to negotiate, no compromise to make. There is no way that we can change what we see in God's word just so someone will approve of us. We can't do that. You know, you know, people still wonder, even our president wonder, well, why can't we just Israel over there just give that land and give a little bit of that land, amen, to their neighbors over there that's trying to kill them, by the way, and shooting bombs at them, you know, and won't let up. And why, Listen, they don't understand. Israelites don't feel like they're the ones that can do that. If you go back in the Old Testament, right here close to where we're reading, amen, you'll find that God, gave them certain portions of land, drew the borders, amen, this is, this is your property, this is your, God gave it to them. So they don't feel like they can just give it away. That's exactly how we feel, we apostolics feel. God gave us revelations, he gave us understanding that we weren't capable to understand without the spirit, amen. And so just to give up on that, just to be buddies, just to join the World Council of Churches, Listen, let me tell you, somebody's gonna be giving up some stuff to be buddies and friends and together with certain people, religious people in this world. But we're not, we can't do that. God gave it to us and we're not gonna give it up. It's not ours to give up. Hallelujah. And when we see the word as absolute and complete, there isn't room to just negotiate. Hallelujah, amen. The word of God stands alone. Gotta understand that. You know, some people, this world just feel like they're just gonna figure it out. They're gonna pray a lick. No, don't, pray, don't ask nobody. Listen, if I wanna know about my health, and I, now we can read now, you know, we, we can look up things, and so we're smarter than we've ever been. But if, but if I really wanna know 
something that's going on with my body, some pain, some little weird. I find a doctor. (laughs) And they tell me things I don't want to hear. I didn't want to hear that. But this is how it goes. (coughs) That's a principle. And you can just go down the line from plumbing to, you know, painting. You know, I know everybody knows how to paint. Oh, I know how to paint. Yeah, right. (laughs) Don't believe that. You just find a professional. I'd have hated to lay that tile out there. I I could see right off when y'all started in that board. I said, man, I'd have done this thing all different. (laughs) And it wouldn't have turned out like that either. But there's people who just make this, oh, I just do this. Just I, I Find you a man of God. Find you a prayer warrior. Find you somebody that's sold out. Amen. And given up some things, fought some battles and won some battles. That's who you find out. Amen. Listen, there's people who just choose, oh, I don't want and, and it normally comes down to what it might cost. That's why you need a cross. Hallelujah. Need to be crucified. You know what? A dead person, they won't give you no trouble. No, no trouble. I'm just not going to do it. No, no, no dead person's going to. You roll them in here. Or you go to the morgue. They're not going to be fussing about what color the casket is. I didn't want to wear this dress. This is. It's all kind of stuff to fuss about at funeral, all kind of stuff. But the dead person is not going to give anybody any trouble. And if you would die, I'm talking about spiritual death. It's a type. You won't give anybody in trouble either. I have people walk in here. They don't come to worship. Amen. They're already where they're going to be. They're not going to do anything else. You can preach anything you want. There's a certain amount of things. It's like water on a duck's back. I, we had a guy said the other day, uh, not the other day, it's a while back, told Sister Debbie she's counseling. And he said he's happy with who he was. I'm happy with who I am. When she told me that, I just said, well, you know what? We can't help him. You have to become, you have to come dissatisfied with who and what you are. I know there's more. Amen. That property belongs to me up on that hill up there. I'm going after it. Now you can be comfortable if you want. Amen. But I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not slacking up. I'm not. I'm not slowing down. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, the Word of God stands alone. It has no equal. Amen. It alone is the. It's the healing bomb. It's what this world needs physically, spiritually, amen. Nothing the world has to offer really works to heal the sickness of our generation. I see people just accept it. Marriage is falling apart, horrible marriage, can't get along. Listen, they, don't, they just deal with it. You don't have to deal with that. He said he would give us life and give it more abundant, amen. Listen, that's called, that's a spirit. That's what that is, more abundant life. Who wouldn't want to be married to somebody that's filled with the spirit of God and refilled and refilled and re-prayed through? It'd be, listen, if people understood that to be hauling their wives, their husbands here, right here at this altar, we could, this place wouldn't hold them if they accepted and believed that. That's what the Bible said. I don't feel like I have a choice. Am I preaching too straight to somebody? That's too heavy-handed. Listen, that's what this is for. This is a place of delivery, deliverance. Delivery too. (laughs) Babies are delivered here. Psalms 107 and 20. He sent his word, love this right here. He sent his word and healed them. He was talking about sin. He was talking about transgressions. He was talking about iniquities. It's our souls that need healing and restoration. But the world just passes on by. The word is a hill to die on. I have to move on. Hallelujah. It's a hill. I said that the word, but people just take what they want of the word. I like that part, but I don't like that part. Good luck. I've never been able to do that. If life has been difficult for you, perhaps you need to take a trip to a hill called Calvary since we're talking about hills. It's a hill of humility and that, that right hits us right in the face. All, I just, I'm preaching to me. When I can't find something in the cabinet that my wife told me was right there and it'll be right there and I'm looking. Men, men can't see that kind of stuff. <laughs> And she'll be sitting in the chair. It's right there, right there. And I'm praying for the day, and it's happened once or twice, the day that it's not when she gets up and 
And I'm, I'm, I'm not praying, oh, God, I hope it's not there. I hope she can't find it. I hope she can't. I want to get her this time. Like, mm. Normally, it's just right there. <laughs> Is that anybody but me <laughs> go through that? Well, it's right there. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Refrigerator the same way. You know, we got grandkids around. Don't put anything back where they belong. <laughs> I said, I said, it's a hill of humility. And if you don't have, you just marry you a smart wife. <laughs> Um, and, and we have some smart girls too. And I remember when Laura was a little bitty thing, man, she was boom, boom, boy. And I remember looking at my wife and said, guess what, honey? <laughs> it won't be long. She going to be, she going to be, you know, challenging you. And mom would say a word and Laura would say, uh-uh, mom, that, that, you got the wrong definition for that. And she'd be, hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm, my prayer's being answered. <laughs> my wife finally, finally found out something she didn't know. <laughs> I better quit. I'm get, I might get in deep trouble here. Hallelujah. You marry your smart wife, good Lord. Tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what else. <clears throat> I'm gonna tell you what else that hill is. That Calvary Hill. It's self denial goes right along with humility. It also is it go, it's submission. Some people, men, feel like well, I'm the head of my wife. My wife needs no, 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 no. Men, let me just let me just straighten something out here right now. The humility and the submission goes both ways, and you'll have a better marriage, a better life, a better friendship if you learn that. There's some things you need to submit. Some men just feel like because they're the man that that their wife just submits to everything. No, Amen. You submit too. And that's what makes it so wonderful and so good. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This is the hill that Jesus chose to die on. Calvary. Amen. There's a cross on that hill and that's where we nail our personal ambitions. We nail our pride. We get rid of it all right there. You can't get rid of it any other way. You can't. Amen. When all the human nature's dead, crucified, our spiritual man will rise in victory. Amen. We'll receive the joy, the peace, the strength in the Holy Ghost, the guidance in the Holy Ghost. Amen. There are other points of high ground. Amen. We're not going to go then in there today. However, I'll mention a couple that we must stand on and plant our flag. We, ha- we, we just have to do it. Prayer is one of them. Bring all your needs to the altar. Remember that old song? Bring all your needs to the altar. That's a true that's true. Bring all your needs to the Lord. He is so willing and able to help you. Bring all your needs to the Lord. Praise and worship. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. He habits we, we we have to we have to get on top of that hill and not give it up. Amen. We have to plant the flag. David danced before the Lord. The Bible said with all, he didn't do anything else with all. There's no scripture where he did anything else ever. Never never said that about David except one thing and that's praise. He danced before the Lord with all of his might. If we could get a revelation on that. If some of us, here again, we're choosing. We're We're the boss. We're deciding. But when we see that, we see scriptures over and over and over like that, amen. You know, then we're like, well, I don't have a choice. I have to get to the altar. I have to make a loop around the church. I have to shout. I have to clap my hands. Not only that, I need to do it with all of my might. Let's get on that hill. Let's claim that mountain. Let's all stand together. And if I can get somebody to come up here, amen, with me and help me out just a little bit. Hallelujah. Listen, let me tell you about prayer. The early church, the first one, that's the pattern, they were accused of being drunk with new wine when they were first receiving the baptism of the Spirit. And so praise is something we need to, we need to do. One more hill, one, one more, and, I, and I'm on overtime right now, that we need to conquer, and that is the and there's many, there's many. I don't know why I just settled on this. Amen. There's an independent spirit. We all have it. You know, we leave over a Christmas tree or something. People do that. We leave the church over. We leave a, we leave a Holy Ghost church. 
where the spirit of the Lord moves and the word of the Lord goes forth and people love each other and, and people receive the baptism of the spirit over, over, you know, some silly little side road doctrine. Hallelujah. But the other hill that we need to, we need to get a hold of and we need to get our sights on is a hill called unity. Then, then the Bible say, I wonder what happened if, if they went to the upper room like Jesus told them. Go, go to this upper room in Jerusalem and you wait there till you be endued with power. But the Bible says they were in one mind and one accord. Now, that means they were unified. They were together. You could just say they were in unity. I wonder what would have happened. I, I don't think the Holy Ghost would have been poured out. I think that little statement right there, one mind and one accord. Somebody said they made Hondas bigger back in those days, 120 of them in one accord. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me hurry, let me close. I, I, I read a story about a, a small boy on a farm in Kansas that wandered off into a wheat field. You ever been across Kansas? Y'all just came across Kansas. And, and we drove across to, to General Conference, took our kids <coughs> many years ago and went across Kansas. And we saw those that, that grass, the way the grass waves and the rolling hills. It's, it's, it's beautiful and it just, uh, it's just astounding to look at. I've never seen country like that. But this small boy on a farm in Kansas he wandered off into a wheat field. The, the tall stalks were over the little boy's head, higher than he couldn't see over them. And uh, family, neighbors, friends, everybody they could searched frantically under this hot summer sun for this little boy who had wandered off out into that wheat field, couldn't see his way out, but to no avail. All right. Finally, they all, somebody decided and they all got together and they joined hands and walked across that field. And that's how they found the little fellow. It was too late, too late. I mean, that hot sun, amen, had uh, the exposure by this time had drained the life out of the little fellow. But my, my, my closing point is simply this. How tragic that somebody didn't come up with that idea or think of it or put it together early on. Let's join hands. And together, we'll cover every inch of that space. We get to the other side, we'll turn around and this string or line of people, ever how long it is, we'll come back again across it. There's no way we'll miss anything, but we're together. Tragic, tragic. Now let's spiritualize that. What if everybody just wanders around out here and does their own deal? I'll go to church if I feel like it. I'll come to the altar if I feel like it. Don't care what the preacher says or does. I'm not going to, you know, I, because I'm my own man. I'm my own person. That's ridiculous. That's silly. That's childish. But if we unify, that doesn't mean we'll all believe everything just alike. That doesn't mean we'll all agree on every issue. There will be issues that could or would split us up. But listen, you have to have a common goal. You have to have something of value that's valuable to everybody. That little boy should have lived. A little fella that could have lived. I wonder how many souls out there that we're missing because we just do it like we want to do it. There's probably people that are not here I don't know, maybe they've got hurt feelings, maybe they feel bad, maybe they just don't like us. Maybe they disagree with how we preach, I, I don't know, for whatever. But there has to be something that has so much value that I will surrender. I will give in to my feelings, whether they're hurt feelings or any whatever kind of feelings they are. I have to get there and take the hand of my sister and my brother and we have to walk together. Amen and conquer this mountain. You have to decide, sir, ma'am, you have to decide, amen, whether it's worth dying for or not. I don't know about you. I hope I don't have to do it. 
Amen. I still have, I still live in a fleshly tabernacle here. I still have feelings. I have fears like everybody else. But I've decided a long time ago that I'll die for this if I have to. If it comes to that, I'll die. I'm reminded of the funeral, funeral service. Can't remember the missionary's name. Wasn't one of our missionaries in South America. He was, he was speared to death by those natives. And somebody brought that up, feeling sorry for the man that died and, and his wife was, you know, bereaved and weeping. And, and the, said, the guy said, wasn't that such a shame? This good man was killed by those natives in South America out in the middle of nowhere. And the wife said, no, sir, that's not true. And no, those natives didn't kill my husband, but he died years ago in an altar before the Lord. He'd been dead a long time. That's, that's how you have to do this. No, they didn't kill him. It wasn't some issue or one, some big, no, 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 no. Amen. So if you die in the altar, then it doesn't matter. Amen. You'll quit worrying about your feelings. You'll quit worrying about issues. You won't worry about whether somebody, amen, believes what you believe exactly or not. There's something bigger and deeper than all of that. Let's get up on that hill, folks. You decide. You figure out. Amen. If it's not worthy to you, you can just stand back and you can just kind of decide whether this service was as good as the last service or not. You can have a favorite preacher and then you can stand up and worship when he gets here, you know, or you can just decide this is a mountain that I'm going to make my way up and plant my feet and plant me a flag on it. Amen. It's between me and God. Hallelujah. And from up there, the air is much cleaner and purer. Hallelujah. You see things different. Come on, that's it. Come on, let's get up the mountain. Amen. In Jesus' name. Come on, bring somebody with you. I've been healed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I've been free. Oh, hallelujah. I've been delivered. Now I found joy. Hallelujah. That's it in Jesus' name. I found Thank so you, much peace. I found grace and favor. And favor. I've been changed. I've been healed. Free. I've been delivered. Now I've found joy. I've found so much peace. I've found grace. And the favor of the Lord. Oh, and right now. Today. I've been changed. I've been changed. I have waited for this moment to come, and I won't let it pass me by. Oh, I won't go back, can't go back. To the way it used to be before your presence came. Lord, I won't go back. I can't go back. To the way it used to be before your presence came. Oh, I've been changed. Yes, I've been healed. I've been set free. And I've been delivered. And now I've found joy. Oh, I've found peace. I've found grace. And favor. Oh, and right now, today, 
I've been changed. I have waited for this moment to come, and I won't let it pass. Oh, I won't go back. I can't go back to the way it used to be before your presence came. Lord, I won't go back. I can't go back to the way it used to be before your presence came. Oh, all my shame, yes, all my guilt, every one of my sins, hallelujah, they've been forgiven, now there's no more chains, now there's no more fear, oh, all my past, it's over. Oh, and right now, today, I've been changed. Hallelujah, I've been changed. I have waited for this moment to come, and I won't let it pass. Don't pass me by, Lord. Oh, I won't go back. Can't go back to the way it used to be before your presence came. Lord, I won't go back. I can't go back to the way it used to be before your presence came. And change me. Hallelujah. Amen. Expect to change. Expect to change. Don't expect to stay just like you are. You get around God and in God. Let his presence surround you. Renew you in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Expect things to begin to change. Paul said those things I used to love, now I hate. Those things I used to hate, now I love. The change comes from within. Amen. This is this is just beautiful, folks. I, you know, I, I I don't know, I don't know if you realize it. This this just doesn't happen everywhere, and and the flow of the Spirit, the presence of the Lord, and then of course your response to that. You you have a choice. You can stand back and stand away and and stay in charge, and then or or you can get your hands up, and make your. I, I, I'm I'm just thrilled that you are tender enough and pliable enough to just flow in the spirit. Thank you for coming to the altar. Amen. Thank you for believing and trusting. Amen. And let's just watch God. Amen. Change us some more. Listen, don't forget this coming Wednesday night, not much of a, of a warning, but I get, to, I get to teach actually about two times on Wednesday nights, about two Wednesday nights a month. And we had talked about it and finally just decided to do this. Wednesday night, well, not only they'll have the, the, the old, search, not the search for truth, but the exploring God's word. It'll be up on the, uh, on the screen here, and somebody will turn the pages from back here, and I'll just teach like we teach in a home. And, and, and Brother Johnson already said it, but let me echo it again. Amen. There's two reasons. First, you learn the word of the Lord yourself, and that's needed, all right? Start in the beginning, 10, 12 lessons. But, but, You'll also learn some things that I've learned over the years to do and don't when you go in somebody's home or wherever you teach the Bible study. Amen. And, and you know, we, we teach a little bit different to a person who doesn't have the Holy Ghost, not a part. You know, we're, we're pretty direct, and, and so we don't deny that here, okay? But you're tough, all right? You know, you're ready to... But, but, but you go to somebody that's used to being petted and stroked and everything's wonderful, and you get into truth, you, you, you got to learn how to apply that or how not to do it. So we'll do two things here because the idea is to win souls for Jesus with the truth of God's word, all right? It goes beyond a religion. Somebody said, it's a Pentecost. Don't say, no, that's a Bible lesson. 
I don't believe in Pentecostal or Baptist or Methodist. No, they may do some of those, but this is not a Pentecostal apostolic. No, it's a Bible study. It covers, it gives, see, religion is man-made. But we need something deeper and broader than that, and it's the good word of the Lord. So Wednesday night, starting at 7.30, if you can make your way out here, amen. I will put a tool in your hand. I will put a weapon in your hand. It's called the word of God. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so you can win the battle and win the war. Amen. So I hope I see a bunch of you out here on uh, Wednesday night. We'll start on time. And we may just have a song and boom, boom, you know, and I'll get right on the floor, give myself 45 minutes or so to teach. Amen. And I normally let everybody out no later than only I could count on one hand and have fingers left over. I've went past nine o'clock in like years. So I'm, I know it's the middle of the week. You got to get up and go to work. So we will see that and, uh, and respect that. God bless you again. So glad you came. Amen. Let's take this hill. Let's, let's take this mountain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because here, here's why, folks. The wind of doctrine is blowing. I said the wind of doctrine. Amen. I, I, I'm reminded of the, the, you know, they always say the grass is greener on the other side. Always greener on the other side. I'm reminded of somebody told me that they saw a cow. Cow had broken out of the pasture. It was outside along the highway. You know, and of course, you know, that they, she broke out because she eats grass and but she had her head stuck back through the fence where she just broke out of, eating grass on the side she just broke out of. That's just like us, isn't it? I'm gonna break, I'm just gonna show them who's the boss, amen. But they say the reason the grass is greener on the other side, they say that's where the septic tank is. <laughs> God bless you, amen, love you, thank you for coming, thank you for what you do for this church, whatever it is, God bless you. Hallelujah. Never going back.